0: for fasting i know uh, we are launching into prayer and fasting and um we do it every year at this time corporately and uh listen there's no pressure on anybody to do that it's not got anything to do with your salvation in a sense of you know entrance into the kingdom of heaven it doesn't make you a better person you know uh it doesn't give you kudos with god type in a sense but uh it does uh Uh, make you more aware of who God is in your life if you'll choose to maybe uh, be a part of it with us. And uh, today, I just want to kind of take you back up to that place where we landed last week at the end of uh, talking about prayer. And uh, I said that, you know, really at this time, it's just a great moment to uh, just stop, take a breath, and concentrate and and concentrate ourselves a little bit and, and maybe discover a little bit more about what's necessary with sanctification Sanctification is an ongoing process for all of us. It's not something you arrive at one day and it's over. No, sanctification is, you know, hey, you're not perfect. We do serve the perfect one, and he lives in you. And, uh, and as you get to know him, you discover, you know, maybe better things too that will be more of a benefit for you and others on the other side. So sanctification is, is really that process of just growing and learning in him. And here's an opportunity where we can kind of settle down a little bit and come to that place. And, but more importantly, what we want to really do, we focused on this all last year, on this real main purpose. And let me just kind of tell you real quickly, next week we launch into the year purpose of Coastal Family Church. And uh, we'll let you know what that is and, and get you on board, show you where we're going. But our purpose for 2019 was to discover what matters to God and His plan and purpose for our life. And I think that's a question we have to ask every day. Hopefully, after last year, you were able to, and uh, we walked through different subject matters, and we talked about that last week, that hopefully you came to the end, and you know more about what he values and how to value. Well, this time, at the, you know, just 21 days, that's what this really becomes. It's a time to discover maybe more of what God values or what in his plan and purpose for, for the life that you're living. And, and can I be very upfront with you? You're going to find areas, if you do this, you'll find areas that you, you don't have it all together in. Um, and hopefully you do, because, again, that's what we're in there for, is we want to, hey, God, where, where, where have I improved, where have I grown, where am I more like you, and, and, and where are some areas that I can grow and become more like you? <clears throat> Proverbs nineteen twenty one says this, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So if we stay on that course and go after it, there's a good chance that at the end of the year we'll be happy. Maybe we'll settle some things within us. And last week we looked into Luke chapter 3, verse 21, and we found out that Jesus was in a very unique place in his life at that spot. You know, we came through his birth and, and all of that throughout the Christmas season, and we came to that moment where in this chapter, in this verse, in this chapter and verse, where Jesus is in in a unique place, kind of in the middle, where he came to where now he's third and getting ready to kick off three full, good, solid, powerful years of ministry. But there were some things he did in the middle of that before that actually took place. And one of those things we found out was actually prayer. And I want to take you back into that just a little bit this week. I'm not going to reteach last week. It's all on the podcast, and there's plenty of app information for you to do it. But I do want to embrace maybe a couple, three people, four or five, maybe twenty of you that were not able to be here, and we haven't seen you maybe in a little while. This is important. In Luke chapter three, verse twenty-one, I want you to start there with me. It Says when all of the people were baptized, baptized he was separated. He chose to follow after an ordinance or a law, uh, so that today you couldn't say he didn't. Uh, but he was baptized and he separated himself. It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven, not heavens, the heaven was opened. And we found out that before his temptation, before his ministry on earth began, before his purpose was revealed, before any miracles ever took place in his life of ministry, what did he do? He was baptized, separated, an act of obedience, an act of physical obedience is what he did. And through that physical obedience, we saw that there was prayer. He prayed before, during, and after. Again, we saw this last week. And the heavens were opened in such a way that his physical obedience to pray, to separate. The Bible says that spiritual, for, for lack of better explanation to help you, spiritual release took place. Reward came, power, ability, force, strength, put him in position. The ear of God was opened to him with intensity through that opportunity of prayer. And I landed on this statement or quest for you. And I said, man, make up your mind to pray. And I said, when you make up your mind to pray, what that is, is you're actually moving towards God. You're supplicating. You're asking. You're petitioning. You're, you're questioning. <clears throat> you're fellowshipping. You're communicating with God. You're coming in contact with his character. You're coming in contact with, with nature. You're coming in contact with his thoughts. How's he thinking? You're coming in, how about this? You're coming in contact with even some of his actions or attitudes. And no relationship begins without conversation, right? And the healthiest relationships continue with conversation. Am I right? Even the ones that have a little bit of bickering here and there. I think a little bit of bickering is healthy for all of us. A bit of argumentative, and I know some people don't like to argue and debate. I'm not a necessarily a debater, but I can tell you right now, my wife and I have a few good opportunities for a few good, strong conversations. She's strong. You've got to be able to hold your own ground with, with her, and, and it's healthy for us. It's been very good for us. And my point is that, listen, the enemy will challenge you. We didn't say this for a service, but the enemy will challenge you on the strong ground you stand on. And without any conversation with God, you will not know what ground you're standing on. Prayer will always be the catalyst that will bring forth God's ability on earth. And the reason I said that is because this is so important, because I kind of want to bring it down a little bit from maybe the rah of prayer. I want you to hear maybe the heart of what this time is for the next 21 days. Again, you don't have to do this. It's just a choice that we have, and as a corporate body, we're doing it. Individually, it's where it's most effective for you. But when you know that there's corporate people, every person you saw in that first that bumper, we call them bumpers to the kind of transition from service places in the service. Every person you saw mentioned in that bumper, they called a corporate fast for something that they were getting ready to go through. And so we're, we're not getting ready to go through. We're getting ready to go through 2020. Look at somebody and say, I'm getting ready to go through 2020. And let's go through it with knowing, with understanding, with power and grace and ability. Well, here's where it starts. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. God, I invite your searching gaze. This is the Passion Translation. I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden Within me, oh come on! Now look at somebody and say you got too many secrets. <laughs> Just watch Facebook; you can find out where they put them all of it. If you want to find out what's going on, <laughs> put me to test and sift through all my anxious cares, and worries, concerns. And the latter part, last part of that verse says in twenty-four it says, "Lead me back to Your glorious, everlasting ways." That path that brings me back to You. Now, last week I gave you six steps, six how-to uh, to get you started on prayer. Now, I'm not going to teach on them, but I want to blip them to you real quick just in case you weren't here. They're on the app, and they are still on our podcast. I elaborated on these a little bit more, but I want you to see because I really want you to maybe take this step with us. Number one, set a time aside. We saw that's what Jesus did. Set a time aside. Make effort. Maybe go to bed a little bit earlier or stay up a little later, whatever's necessary for you. Get up a little bit earlier. And for all of those people that, you know, hey, you're clock by clock. You know, you, you, you're you 6 o'clock, 6.30, your breakfast is on the table. Lunch, you're hitting at the right time. 6 o'clock, supper, bed at 9 o'clock. Yeah, this is great for you guys. All you got to do is just add another extra time, and it'll become consistent. I'm just saying, if you don't set a time, you won't do it. And it's a little bit more than a 15-minute shot in the arm on the way to work, okay? Because here's what this means. I want you to find a place to pray. I'm encouraging you. We saw Jesus do this. Have a place that you go pray where there's no distraction, no devices, no opportunity for things to get in your way. You know, I told you that for me is my car or whatever's, you know, whatever I can get in to get away from life. I do it, and, and I ride around, and I have a, man, because I can scream. I can yell in my truck. Nobody cares. Nobody knows. I'm sure somebody sees me going down the road. They think I'm acting crazy, but, but why? Because number three, I like to pray loud because it stirs my faith up. Faith cometh by hearing. And sometimes your obnoxious praying might be in church because you want somebody to see you praying. Man, why well, don't get that quiet place where nobody's around and see how loud you can be? Pray loud. And loud to you might be, oh, Jesus, loud to someone. I might, Jesus, I don't care. Just let yourself hear your voice. Number four, go on to this place where you pray specific. Are you specific with your prayers? Are you just shooting them out there like flippantly not knowing where they're going? Are you specific? Put people's names in there, man. Your spouse, your 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 kids, your loved ones, your boss that you don't like, the uh, you know your employer, your, your employees that you don't like. Go, I, I love all mine. I love all mine. But listen to me, the ones you don't want, to, put them in there. Write their names down. Number five, write it down so that you can stand at the end of the year and with that book that we just gave you right there. Hold your book up. Let me see. Everybody should have got one on their seat today. Huh? That book is a for you to journal for the next 21 days. If you fill it up, in, uh, if you fill it up before 21 days, bring it back. We'll give you another one. Uh, listen to me. Fill that thing up. Write some things down so you can stand at the end of the year and you can stand up and say, look what the Lord has done for me. If you don't, you won't. You won't have it. You won't know. You won't remember because you've got too much life going on. And number six, I think this is the most powerful one. Pastor Tiffany ministered, or not ministered. She mentioned this at the beginning. Pray with others. And listen to me. Where two or more gather together touching anything, what the Bible says, I will do what they ask for them, I'll do it. Something about getting around people that are believing and speaking and praying the same way. I'm not that person who's going to tell you, go get a thousand people to connect up, and we'll get this prayer chain going, and then we'll move God. No, God just wants you to move so pray with others. Maybe we'll see some of at prayer this week. So here, I want to give you these three quick suggestions of a how to start, maybe a scripture place to begin your reference of starting to pray. I don't want to teach on these because I really want to share some things that will kind of impart the heart of fasting to you today, but, but this will be a good starting place. In the book of, in the New Testament, you can see three specific prayers that uh, Paul prayed for two different churches. One, Two of them he prayed for the church at Ephesus, and one he prayed for the church at Colossae. You would know them as the book of Ephesians and Colossians in your, in your New Testament. In all three of those prayers, he's prayed specific things for those churches. And they're kind of a how to. Here they are. They're on your app, but here they are, real quick, if you want to write them down Ephesians chapter 1, 15 through 23. Ephesians chapter 3, 14 through 21. Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 11. Now listen to me. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. And we see throughout his life, prayer was a lifestyle. You see him complain. You see him ask. You see him just do everything about life in his prayer life. And here you see him pray specific things. and, And here's an example. That you can actually put your name into these scriptures and be praying for yourself. They're scriptural. They're, you'll show it. Ephesians chapter one, verse sixteen, I think is where it starts. It reads this way: I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of my Lord Jesus Christ—I'm going to put my name in there because I don't care about you right now. That the God of my Lord Jesus Christ would grant unto me, Stephen, the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and revelation. How to lead and pastor, how to be a dad, how to be a husband. And so that I'll know the power that's available to me in Christ. And I'll be able to see, all I'm telling you is there's three starting maybe points for you. If you look at them, and maybe an amplified translation would be a good one to look at. You'll see, hey, I've got a script that I can follow. And it's not religious, it's actually something you need. How many in here need a little bit more wisdom to live in life? Can you just point at somebody and say, you really don't know it all? <laughs> Definitely you do. <laughs> so I want to transition from where we are with Jesus. And I want to take you just a step further into the next chapter we were in Luke chapter 3. I want you to go to Luke chapter 4 and look at an experience that he, a principle maybe, that he followed. When he transitioned from immediately following separation and prayer, there was one more step he took before all of those other things I told you took place the miracles, the temptation, uh, uh, the ex- wilderness experience. Uh, his call, there was one more step that he took, and it just might be a step that we could take and maybe see some of the same kind of results. Luke chapter four, verses one and two. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. He was obedient. He did physical obedience. He followed after what the Spirit of God. He, he went with the Holy Spirit. He made a choice to be obedient. Into the wilderness, everybody in here, you will have opportunities for wilderness experiences in your life where things aren't going the way you think they should. It's just part of living life, but you can come through it the same way Jesus did. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days, days, he ate nothing. Physical obedience preceded something. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Let's say, I'm hungry. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I want you to see a principle here, and for me to be able to do that, I've got to take you into Matthew's account of the same story, the same experience. It's his account, same one Luke's given you, but Matthew is saying a, a one more statement that you don't see in Luke. Because when you see what Matthew says, he points out a heart of Jesus and maybe how Jesus thinks, maybe how he acts, and maybe how he would respond when it comes to physical obedience of prayer and fasting. Look at it. Matthew 3, verse 15, the Passion Translation. It's only right. Now, he's telling John now, he came to John to be baptized. And John's heart here is, look, hey, you're going to be Jesus. I Baptize me. I'm not worthy. Listen to what Jesus said. It's only right to do all that God, everybody see that last word? Requires. I see now a heart of Jesus that says, you know what? This is who I am anything you see me do is the will of the father in action i would not be doing anything if it wasn't a requirement or an expectation of my father we need to do this so now i know his heart and so here's what's going to ha- what happens there's physical obedience before spiritual reward comes or actually a better way to say it is spiritual release before any of his life experiences what did he do he separated himself he prayed, and he fasted, and then you see all hell break loose a little bit, and he beat hell in the face, and walked away from it in victory. Now, let me give you a term that may help you understand maybe that physical obedience to spiritual release. <clears throat> maybe through a word that we understand, i got to really hurry here, maybe through a word that we, really, we understand, the word humble would be defined in that physical obedience, do you know in throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, humble Jesus, or excuse me, our Father never humbles you? Every Scripture will read, humble yourself. You choose to do this. Humble yourself and I will do something. There will be a spiritual release. Why? Because it's your will. God's never going to force you to do things you do. Oh, He's going to give you opportunity to do what you don't want to do. But are you trusting in Him enough that if it's something better for me good for me I'll humble and trust that ability trust that grace to come to do it James 4:10 The Passion Translation be willing to be made low before the Lord there's physical obedience before the Lord and he will spiritual release exalt you the, 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 5 through 6 God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace. There's physical obedience. Multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Now, Go with me to Matthew chapter 6 and we'll look at four verses in this chapter. Again, the principle, we're just talking about fasting, believe it or not, right now. And we're finding out that there is a place w- with a physical obedience of fasting in the eyes of God, Father, Jesus, that's beneficial for me and will take me to a place where I'm not manipulating God to do something. I'm not saying, hey, because I'm doing this, you got it. No, 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 no. You become more aware of maybe some things that you've separated yourself from. Here in Matthew <clears throat> chapter 6, verse 5, it says, When you pray, everybody say, when you you shall not, don't do it like this. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners in the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they're going to get their reward. But when you pray, if I say, when you, when you go into your room, physical obedience. And when you have shut your door, physical obedience. Pray to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father's spiritual release who sees in secret will reward you openly. In the same chapter, Jesus only does what the Father does. He's saying, look, this, this is required. Verse 16 and 18. Moreover, when you fast, everybody say, when you. Don't do it this way. Don't be like the hypocrites with all the sad countenance for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to be fasting. But you, everybody say, when you, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, physical obedience, so that you don't appear to men to be fasting. But to your father who is in the secret place, there's that place again, physical obedience, find that place. But to your father who is in the secret place and to your father who is in season secret, what? Spiritual release. I will reward you openly. Everybody say, when you. It's a common term, common phrase Jesus is using. He says, look, look, own this. This is what I do. This is how you do it. Why, why, why wouldn't you want to do this? So here's what I want to do. You might have it in, in the thought of prayer and this whole fasting piece that we're inviting you to be a part of. Maybe, you, okay, you're considering it. Prayer's the easy part. You're going to do that. I know you will because you pray anyway. I've just challenged you to up the ante on what that looks like. Now I'm challenging you to go to a place of physical obedience, not just prayer, to where you're actually physical obedience, hey, to separate yourself so you can connect back to God. But I want you to see what it looks like in Scripture. What does this look like? It'll help us understand what's being said here. Go with me to Matthew chapter 17. And we'll look at verses 17 through 21. Just about to come to a close here. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? You've got to know what's happened prior to this. Prior to this, a dad, if you have children, you would probably relate to this. A dad had his son that was uh, epileptic seizures to the point where his son would, if he walked by fire, he would actually throw himself devilish. Let's just say that. Devilish in his action." Desperate father, no one's making a difference, no one's able to help him. He brings them to the people he thinks should be able to help him, like you and me, disciples who decree and say that we are Christians, we live and walk this life, we love this life. It's, it's Hey, we come to church today, right? So he's, he's taking them to his disciples, and he couldn't, they couldn't do anything about it according to the scripture. And in the heart of this, you hear Jesus frustrated with not just his disciples, he's frustrated with a group of people. Keep in mind, the disciples heard these first words that were said as well. He says, oh, faithless and perverse generation. And then he goes on to the end of this and he says, this kind, devilish experience, opportunity of a wilderness experience, this kind will be coming and it will only come out through prayer and fasting. You can't understand that until you understand faithless and perverse. The word faithless means I've... Filled myself with doubt and unbelief. The word perverse is where it really comes to home, where it gives you better explanation of what's being said. He's saying, you perverse, you're disconnected, discontented, because you've surrounded yourself with so much of the life you're living that now has turned you to become more faithless, full of doubt and unbelief, to where you don't even have an awareness of how good that I am and how much I want to do this, that even you could have done this, but because you're so connected to the outside world and the circumstances, you didn't know any better. And Jesus slapped it. And he says, look, he goes on in the latter part of that chapter. The verses are there in your app. And he says, even the impossible, you can do this. You should have been able to do this. But let me tell you the secret to know how to be able to. Do. I love Jesus. He's like a, just a best friend to me. He always gives you answer, even in the place of correction. And he said in the last verse, verse 21, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. We've turned it into a time frame. I've got to be praying 24-7. We've turned it into something that it's not. Pr- prayer is you on a daily basis coming into a place where you're staying connected with God. And everyone in this room, there's enough world going on around us that will keep, try to disconnect you. All I'm inviting you to do is to maybe take an opportunity, not ignore your life, not forget your life, but step out of it. Make some intentional step out of that. Because there will be days in life where you're faced with impossibilities, and when they come, guess what? Will you be in a position where you're not like the disciples, and you dealt with it, and it over, you overcame it? Or will you have to hear those words? Oh, gosh, I'm so... <sighs> And you call your 50,000 friends instead of actually doing something about it. And sometimes when you call your 50,000 friends, they're not going to tell you what you want to hear. They'll probably tell you something you probably don't need to hear. Facebook. All I'm saying, guys, I'm just inviting you to draw closer to God. And I'm showing you how. Proverbs 3, the Passion Translation. Here's what it says. Become intimate with Him. And whatever you do, and he'll lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. Wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion. And avoid everything that's wrong then you will find healing and refreshment for your body. See, there's a physical obedience, and then there's a spiritual release. What does that look like? You look at these words, I don't have time to go into them, but you look at healing and you look at refreshment. He says, look, when you connect from me, I'm, there, there'll be a patch-up that will take place. There's healing that takes place. There's replenish, there's strength, there's regeneration, there's taking you back to your former state, there's a the life, there's vigor. You do this for 21 days, I promise you, the supernatural of more extraordinaire will show up in your life. I promise you it will. Why? Because he steps in through physical obedience to the place where I bring spiritual relief. The stomach is a great servant. It's a horrible master. And so you, we have to choose what it is for this short amount of time. No, listen, can I just give you a couple things and I'll let you go actually <clears throat> prayer in itself is just again moving towards God and when you choose to separate from those outside influences I'm saying you know what God's plan and his purpose is more important for me and, and I know you can separate from all of the the devices and I'm just as dependent on them as you are all of the the football games. I can't wait to see the saints play today. But when, when you choose to kind of let go of some of those things, that's all good and, and find out what those things are for you. Everybody's got their own things that are vices, I guess. But a true biblical fast are not those things. Those are disciplines that we all should practice daily. But this is a discipline that Jesus said, you should do this. Really true biblical fasting is doing without some sort of food at some time. Now, if you're dependent upon, uh, you know, I don't want to say dependent, but if you uh, physically, your medication is important to you, don't quit taking your meds, you'll die. Go to your doctor and say, hey, look, I'm thinking about maybe doing away with a couple of things. Can I do this? Will this be beneficial? And if he says, no, guess what? Don't do it. Well, things like caffeine and sugar and meat and all those things, just question them. That's all I'm saying. And you make your choice. But true biblical fasting is choosing what those things are you going to make priority just for 21 days. I'll leave you with this one scripture, and maybe this will help you just kind of grasp, the, embrace the heart of this moment for us all. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14. He says, then shall you call upon me, and you'll go and pray unto me, and I'll hearken unto you, and you'll seek me, and you'll find me. When you search for me with all your heart, (laughs) with my stomach too, he says, I'll be found by you, saith the Lord. The Bible says, while he prayed, heaven was open. When he fasted, You have to look into that word facet and dig into it. But here's what the Bible says was really released. I didn't define it for you, but here. Ability, because of his physical obedience, spiritual release, ability, abundance, purpose, power, strength, wonderful works came into his life. There's more extraordinary that God wants to do in your life. Let's get out there and discover it together. Happy New Year.